Some time ago, there were two young brothers who were staying at their grandmother's house for the night, and it was very close to the youngest brother's birthday. It was going to happen next week. And as the grandmother was kind of tucking these young brothers into bed and she was leaving the room, she said to them, now don't forget to say your prayers. And so she left the room, left the door ajar, and went next door to her own room there. And then so the boys started praying. And first the elder brother prayed, and he prayed very well. He said, thank you, God, for my family, for my grandma. And then it was the younger brother's turn, and he started off the same way. He gave thanks, just as the older brother had done. And then he started raising his voice. And then he was shouting when he said, and God, for my birthday next week, please get me that new PlayStation or a bicycle. And the older brother turns to him and says, you don't have to shout, you know, God isn't hard of hearing. And the younger brother replied, I know, but grandma is. <laughs> so sometimes, like that younger brother, we might misunderstand or have challenges with prayer about how it is supposed to work. But the gospel today really gives us some instructions or directions about how we should pray. I think that the first thing we need to admit or make clear is that all of us, without exception, struggle how to pray. We can sometimes, I think, have this kind of way of thinking that prayer is only hard for me, for myself, and everybody else has an even easy time with it. We might think that when others close their eyes, they're sort of transported to some heavenly space, they receive these wonderful intuitions and emotions. This is not how prayer works, at least not for me. I usually don't have these kind of experiences. Prayer is a struggle for all of us. Some years ago, I had a bit of a reality check when I was reading an interview from a cardinal, he's since passed away, Cardinal Basil Hume. He was a cardinal in England, but he was also a Benedictine monk, so kind of quite famous for their life of prayer. And in this interview, the reporter, and Basil Hume was towards the end of his life, asked him a bit about his prayer life, and I think the interviewer was expecting some profound response. So the reporter asked Basil Hume, what is your prayer life like? And he responded with the following, Oh, I just keep plugging away. At its best, it's like being in a dark room with someone you love. You can't see them, but you know they're there. He just keeps plugging away. So prayer is difficult for him. Prayer must have been hard as well for the disciples in today's gospel. Otherwise, they would not have asked Jesus how to pray. The fact that the disciples, that people like Basil Hume had a hard time praying, is somewhat consoling for me. Prayer is a challenge, I think, for all of us. One of the greatest difficulties we can have in prayer is the fact that sometimes the things we ask for in prayer don't come to pass. And this can become quite difficult and painful at times that we can pray for certain things and they don't happen. And here we arrive at really what is one of the greatest tensions in our prayer life. On the one hand, we've heard in the gospel today that Jesus tells us to approach God as a father, trusting that God will always provide what is best for us, always give us the good things for which we ask. That's what the gospel tells us. On the other hand, we're all, I think, more than aware of the fact that sometimes we pray for things that seem quite good, seem quite necessary, and they do not come to pass. How can we find some sort of resolution to this tension that we find in our prayer life? Jesus, in teaching us the Lord's Prayer, gives us some indication of how we can approach this tension. In the Gospel today, taken from Luke, Jesus tells us to pray that God's kingdom come. And Matthew, in his accounting of this, adds, 
thy will be done. So Jesus certainly wants us to approach God with great confidence that God is a father who cares for us, loves us. At the same time, Jesus wants us to be aware that our hearts should be open to accept what God wants for us, that God ultimately wants the greatest good for us. And sometimes when we pray, we might not even know what is best for us. Definitely when I look back at my life and when I'm honest, I can see that some things I prayed for in the past, if they really happened, would not have been what was best for me. When we pray, something always happens. The first thing that happens when we pray is that our hearts change. When we pray, our hearts change so that we begin to desire more and more what God wants for us, what is the greatest good for us in our lives. So although this tension can happen in our life when prayers are not answered, we can trust ultimately that God is loving, he cares for us, and he will grant us what is best for us. This coming week, we really have an opportunity to put into practice Jesus' encouragement to pray. So this coming week, we, along with Pope Francis and all Catholics throughout Canada and even throughout the world, are praying with Pope Francis during his penitential pilgrimage here in Canada. So you might have heard that Pope Francis arrived in Edmonton, I think, 30 minutes ago or so, and Pope Francis will be here about until the 29th. And it's very significant that Pope Francis has called this a penitential pilgrimage. Pilgrimage. When we think of a pilgrim, this really epitomizes what Jesus is calling us to do in the gospel, to pray without ceasing, to be audacious, even as Abraham was in asking these great things from God, to seek God's mercy, to seek the forgiveness and mercy of others. Pope Francis has come on a pilgrimage. And a couple weeks ago, I think one week ago, July 17th, Pope Francis, during his Angelus address, basically prepared or announced what he would be doing or hope to do here in Canada this week. So I'd just like to read part of this from his Angelus on uh, July 17th. Dear brothers and sisters of Canada, as you know, I will come among you especially in the name of Jesus to meet and embrace the Indigenous peoples. Unfortunately, in Canada, many Christians, including some members of religious institutes, have contributed to the policies of cultural assimilation that, in the past, have severely harmed Native communities in various ways. For this reason, I recently received some groups in the Vatican, representatives of Indigenous peoples, to whom I expressed my sorrow and solidarity for the harm they have suffered and now I am about to embark on a penitential pilgrimage, which I hope, with God's grace, will contribute to the journey of healing and reconciliation already undertaken. So Pope Francis is encouraging us all to pray for this journey towards truth, reconciliation, and healing. And as our Holy Father says, this is a journey. There is still much work to be done, but certainly his visit to Canada is an important milestone. And while this work continues internationally and nationally, it's definitely something that we're continuing here in our local community and in our parish. So I've been so encouraged to hear about the wonderful initiatives already that have happened, different video interviews that give the opportunity to listen to Indigenous people, to listen and to learn and to dialogue. And this hopefully is something that we can continue so that we can continue down this path, this journey that Pope Francis invites us to. So during this week, we can follow along with Pope Francis's penitential pilgrimage 
Uh, in your bulletins, you'll see some information, some websites you can go to to watch um, kind of the broadcasts that are happening and as well to find his itinerary. He's going to Edmonton, Quebec City, and Ucalouet. But most of all, let us pray as Pope Francis is asking that this journey can continue for truth, reconciliation, and healing. And as we pray, we're really encouraged by Jesus in the gospel to pray with great confidence that God loves us, cares for us, and will provide what is best for us.